space-time, the ever-expanding frontier. These are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission, to locate every second, contemplate every eon, from outside time to the Big Bang, to the 20th century, all the way to the end of all existence. To do what no sane entity has ever done before. This is the Temporal Trek Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Temporal Trek Podcast. We are in Season 3, Episode 39 of the podcast and Season 2, Episode 13 of Enterprise and it is dawn, as Trip would say, drawn. Um, I'm Dan and with me as always is... Uh, Dan, funnily enough. Yes, here I am again. <laughs> and together we are... Dan. Uh, how are you, Dan? Everything good? Yeah, all right, thank you. How about you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, it's it's ironic that we're doing an episode called Dawn and they're all hot and sweaty and everything like that. And here in the UK, we just had a really big heat wave for a week and now it's freezing cold all of a sudden. Yes, absolutely. <sighs> so it's typical. It's like clearly it went all into the TV show. That's what it is. It's going back <laughs> in time. That's where the sunshine goes. It goes absolutely. back in time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, thoughts on the episode? Do you sort of remember this one? Is this a, a favourite or...? Um, yes, I do remember this one. And yes, I do like it, actually. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, it's uh, the overriding thought is is like it's Darmok, mm. but it's perfect yeah. for Trip because it's got quite a bit of fighting in it. <laughs> so it fits Trip nicely. Very true. Yeah, it's kind of like a blend, isn't it? Yeah, Darmok with a bit of with Kirk Fu mixed yes. in every now and then. <laughs> it's, it's a, he, he lands a couple of punches. Yep. I um. I didn't remember this one. Like, I know that there is an episode where he crash landed with an alien. Um, and I know that when we went through our future respective, I was like, oh God, it's a, it's a trip only episode, uh, but it's not. There are obviously we go back to the bridge and we see the, the ship every now and then. And, and there's like a rescue part to it. Um, but I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's a trip episode. And I, I like trip. Like this, this is unprecedented. This is, this yes. might be, I think this is the point. I, I, yeah. Clearly, I forgot it. I blanked it out of my mind. <laughs> and, you know, 20 years on, I forgot that this must be the turning point because I, I enjoyed it, him as an engineer. I enjoyed him as he's sort of learning diplomacy. Yep. There's a bit where he's very sort of introspective and looking back on his life of, yep. uh, on the enterprise and, and what he's been achieving. And it's everything. It sort of undoes everything that I've not enjoyed about the character so far. And Wow. I, I didn't believe I, it's a dawn of a new era. Yes. It's very appropriately named this episode <laughs> in our reality and theirs. It's crazy. Um, yeah. So there we go. Um, I, I like trip now. I, I'm not sure if uh, there'll be more traitors to come in future episodes, <laughs> but the, it, the pendulum is swinging people. The pendulum is swinging. Uh, so uh, if, um, uh, if Jen from the Snapchat podcast is still listening, um, you know, it might happen even less. And I'll be on your side soon, Jen. I'm coming your way. Don't worry. Um, right. We'll start at zero minutes, zero seconds, as we always do. For new time listeners, it's our L cars rating system. We locate in L. And uh, Trip testing a shuttle pod. Uh, he's flying around these moons. Uh, he's already trying to get rid of Travis. Yes. We barely know Travis. And he's trying to upgrade the shuttle so they can fly themselves. Like, poor old Travis. He's barely got anything to do as it is. Um we won't need pilots anymore, uh, but uh, then, of course, there is a bit of interference. We get a bit of call from the Enterprise, and we find out that there's another shuttle out there, and it's already shooting him down, 
and he crash lands straight into the credits. Da 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 da. Um, any thoughts on the cold open? Uh, good one, bad one? Um, yeah, all right, really, pretty standard. Not again. It, what it does is it does set up the, the episode quite nicely. Mm. You know, it's, it does what it needs to do. Mm. Yeah, it's the only thing that's bothering me with this scene is like if they were able to contact him. Like if they, even if they blanket like all of space with a with a signal, like a radar or a sonar, they must know where it got picked up. Like they must be able to do that maths. So they must have known which moon he was nearest to when that happened, and then they could coordinate a search from there. So if anything, this setup is really good for an action, but it, I don't know, I don't believe the tension as the episode goes on. So actually, I'm not enjoying the enterprise bits, but I am really enjoying the trip bits. Who knew? It's wow. it's it swings it around this yeah. this whole beginning bit, but there we go. Um, but after the credits, uh, we then come back in, and we find out there's 62 moons. That um, uh, Trip is a pretty good pilot, according to Archer. Um, it's kind of the first time we've really seen it, yeah. other than him bombing the the detention center in detained. I don't really remember him flying any other time well, than he that. Dashes into the the Enterprise, of course, at the start. Yeah, exactly. So he's. <laughs> He, he bumps the paintwork. He's not doing his job and t- in unclogging those injectors for the last eight weeks. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. He's a pretty good pilot. We haven't seen that, but there we go. But then it is Archer. So we yes. are finding out, you know, he does lots of things where we don't see it and it all yeah. works out. So maybe he's seen something in trip that we haven't. Um, the, the interference uh, means that they can't locate his position. Again, that's what bothered me. It's like, well, couldn't they use his last known position? Yeah. I know that there's a bit where, like, Reed says, it's the damned interference. And I thought, oh, that, that British way of saying it's like, that damned interference. It's like it's like bread pudding. Oh, <laughs> um, any, any thoughts on uh, the, the start-up of the rescue plan? Not really, because it just sort of is a small bit, you know, that, yeah, I don't think they've even met the Arconians yet either. They? So it's not like they, that the plan as such isn't really coming to fruition at all. So it's a little bit of a, you know, just a, not a filler exactly, but just to sort of move on the story bit. It's, mm. uh, yeah, it's not, didn't infuse me. It feels like that scene was just written in to make it believable that the Enterprise yeah. is sort of scurrying to try and find him. Yeah. That we're not going to just you know swoop in and save the day at the end. Uh, you know, it's got to be a bit of a, I don't know, a, a hurdle for them to overcome. Where where I kind of felt like mm, they probably would have known where he was. They could have figured that out pretty pretty quickly. Um, you know, uh, given that later on we see um, Topol's little readout screen. Oh, yes. And she can scan all the moons, but yeah. for some reason they can't locate a shuttle within all those moons. And they could, oh, it's very strange, very strange. What can or can't they record? I don't know. Um, but we go down to the planet, and Trip is uh, setting up a fire outside the shuttle. Yep. And he's trying to sort of work his transceiver, um, but he keeps making supplemental logs. So, yes. all right, I, I'm not going to hold it as a trade but. Come on, Trip. Come yeah. on. Give me a give me a star date. Give me a star log entry. Come on. It's a Temple Trek podcast, dear. We need we need dates. Come on. Look, I've got to go. Just trying to remember. We're working in a time frame here. At every point he was making a log, he didn't once mention the date. It's right. really annoying. But uh, yeah, there's a back and forth where they keep stealing the transceiver. There's a bit where he, then he goes into the aliens camp and he almost goes into yes. the laser trip wire and all this sort of stuff. This alien pilot was ready, wasn't he? He, he was. was. He was set up, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, just a- any thoughts on, on beginning actually looking at the alien itself, like mm. the makeup. Mm. Um, th- there's already a sense of his culture as well, the way he reacts and the way he does yes. stuff. Um, any thoughts on on the Arconian? Yeah, I, I, again, I quite like the Arconians actually. It's just, I mean, I guess the whole thing of him being a sort of lizardy looking dude was set up so that, you know, he can sweat and stuff like that. Mm. So that made sense. Um, I, I, I like that little bit where they, they sort of nod their head. Mm. Mm. I don't know if that was a, a script thing or was that a, a thing that the actor come up with or, or director or something like that. But that, that, I mean, it was a tiny little thing and it didn't really, you know, but it just was a little bit alien, I suppose, or a little bit, it was, it was almost like, you know, like like you're doing now, not that the listeners can see this, but I'm talking and you're nodding. Mm, and it's mm. something that we do as humans. Yeah. You know, so it's interesting, you know. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I'm just, I'm doing Zocan now. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, so that was quite nice. I like that. Um, yeah, they, I, yeah, they were pretty good. I mean, they, they, at least they weren't just, you know, a little bit of, um, a little bit of a lump on the head. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah. It, it's not like the catwalk um, yeah. from last week, where it's just a little bit of high cheekbones. Yeah. That's all we would have had. Um, yeah, it's it was nice and and interesting because it, it is. It's weird because you think that was that scripted? Was that actually put into the show before they even consulted the characters, mm. or did these two actors maybe work out a little something and, and actually try to do something? Yeah. Um, it, it'd be interesting if uh, on the Shuttlepod series, the Shuttlepod One show that they do, mm. the Connor and. Uh, Dominic Keating, if they ever come back to this episode or talk about this episode yeah. in any way, whether there was some sort of behind the scenes actory kind of let's do a workshop and try and figure out some some key things. Yeah, um, yeah, it would be nice to know if if that was a, a real decision or, or just made off, off the hoof, and mm. it really works. Yeah, there are lots of visual things and, and sort of body language things that come in this episode yes. because obviously there is the language barrier. Yeah, that. Um, remember in the old days when we had really good episodes and we tried to mine it for what was the theme and things like that. Remember those good old days in season one? Yeah, um, sort of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before the turd sandwich. Um, but uh, when I, it, throughout the episode, there's a lot of assumptions being made. Like yes. there are points where he opens up his body language yeah. and he sort of holds his arms out. I'm no threat and all this sort of thing. And I was wondering if, there is a, a thing about assumption because what if that open body yes. language is actually in his culture, yep. come at me, bro, you know, yep. and that's why he attacks him, you know, yep. and things like this. There are lots of assumptions made about the language first. And then there's also the assumption on enterprise when uh, the Arconian sees the Vulcan. So he yes. already distrusts the humans. And because to is aware of the bad blood of the Arconians, she doesn't think the humans will be very good at sort of settling the, the dispute um, and is then eventually surprised. So I was wondering if assumptions were sort of the thing of the episode, the theme of the episode. Mm. Yeah. It's very, yeah was I mean, there anything else? I think language is, is the theme and, and that sort of trying to find a way through, I mean, you know, mm. I joked that it's like a version of Darmok, but it sort of is really, you know, mm. it's exactly what's happening, you know, with Trip mm. not being quite as sort of, you know, as Picardy as Picard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, there's there. Yeah, I, th- I, that, I think that's what makes it an interesting episode, actually. In some ways, if it was a episode where, you know, where he had the, the, the universal translator or the alien had, an, you know, it would sort of, lose it would still be interesting it'd be a bit like 
there's one with with Quark and Odo. Where, yeah, where Quark sort of saves Odo. I can't quite remember any of the details, mm. but I sort you know, so that it could still work as an interesting episode. But I think it adds something by having this this language barrier. And as you say, mm. you know that open arm thing, particularly. You know, if you think of like um, birds and stuff, quite often they mm. open up in order to be scary. You know, yeah. So it could easily, you know, and and I suppose you just wouldn't think of that. You you would use, you know, you, you would use the things that make sense to you. Mm. So I think it works really well in that way. I think that's one of its real strengths, which makes it a pretty good episode is that, you know, there is that sort of, that there, there is an attempt, I think more, more so from Tripp's side. I think the, the Arconian would quite happily have shot him. Yeah. Honest, yeah. Um, and be done with it sort of thing, you know, but um, there is an attempt from Trip to sort of, you know, try to find a way through this and try to, you know, I mean, it's it's I suppose it's it's a analogy for for what what Starfleet do in in the Alpha Quadrant. You know, they try to bring people together, and I think that's what Trip's trying to do. He's trying to get the guy to to work with him as much as possible. Mm. Mm. And the Arconian isn't quite as keen on that. You know, again, talking of sort of cultural things, maybe it's not quite as a cooperative society as 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 humanity. Mm. Mm. And you know that would play at least into um, to Paul's assertion that mm. the Arconians, when when they first, uh, turn up, because that is the next scene, um, that she says that you know um, she's aware of them by reputation. She doesn't know them very well. Um, we still haven't worked out what the bad blood is, but. Yeah. You know, when the first communication, the captain is abrupt. He doesn't yep. really want to know. Get out of the territory. Yep. It's almost classic play for play alien yep. in terms of Star Trek. Yep. But there is a sort of twist to that because we now have like this one on the planet who is, uh, you know, adversarial with with Trip. But Trip is is trying to engage him just so they can survive. So there is like a, a reason for them to actually get along, um, which you know, uh, sort of counteracts their nature. Um, and and their aggressiveness that might be in their culture yeah. that we just don't know about. Yeah. Um, the only thing I'd say with that with with trip uh, sorry with to poll is um, you know let's be honest I, I think the humans are about the only species that were put up with the bloody um, Vulcans to be honest with you. You know <laughs> when she says they're quite adversarial or, or, or you know the difficulties setting up the you know didn't want to take our advice and stuff. You can imagine. I mean you know you know how arsey they are with the humans <laughs> uh, slightly more sort of aggressive more sort of you know, I don't know difficult sort of but you know sort of slightly less cooperative society would really struggle with their you know i'm going to say it their bullshit really yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah absolutely. i don't think the, the the vulcans are the greatest sort of judge of character really Exactly. They they have like these high held opinions of all these other species. They you know, when they talked about the Andorians mm. being deceitful and mistrustful, the Arconians deceitful and mistrustful. I'm seeing a pattern. Yeah. Is it the Vulcans, perhaps? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's almost like they, they trust nobody yeah. uh, and anyone with emotions is suspect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I wonder if that will help them in the future. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um we kind of get the first inklings of Dawn is coming back on the planet. Yep. And again, we go, it's another back and forth. They want the tr tr transceiver. He's going to get it back. He's going to kind of try and take it from him. Um, the, the language barrier continues. It's really nice that 
we the audience are picking up these words mm. but it it's not sort of signposted yeah. in some respects almost better than darmok because mm. darmok you can sort of the very first time you watch it you kind of know he's saying names and he's making some association with like a story you don't really get the metaphor thing if you're watching it for the very first time yeah. necessarily but you kind of have some context as to what he's doing because again it's my assumption when he throws the knife to him yep. but he's he's sort of he's greeting him yep. he's not aggressively like getting yep. in his face um you know there's there's a way that he holds himself you you the audience have already figured out what's going on but picard seems a bit dumb yep. whereas um in this episode we're learning along with trip and yep. we're just as dumb as he is but we are we don't know any context we haven't got any context yet and we haven't been able to work anything out and we start to hear, you know, um, uh, Fidoza for ship yes. and, and all, you know, and like all this kind of thing. And we are working it out along with him. And it, it feels much more organic in this episode than it does uh, perhaps in Darmok, yes. which is quite weird to say, really quite yes. weird to think. Yeah. Enterprise got something right. That's amazing. <laughs> um, uh, but I did like the Mary had a little lamb yes. uh, play. And there's a little uh, pad out there. Now, at no point does not anyone go back for that pad. No. And at no point is there a thing. So is there a merry little lamb pad with like a, a fuel cell with 5,000 years, yeah. like a Duracell battery, the best Duracell battery ever, <laughs> and it's still playing to this day, uh, thousands of years later. You know, at the end of the universe, that pad is still saying <laughs> Mary had a little lamb. Um, maybe we'll find it someday in the future. Yeah. Um, fight music. Every time that they engage in some sort of fight, when they do the back and forth, I don't know. I got big TOS vibes in it. It's it's almost, but every time they get into a fight, it's just the same thing. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on the fights? Did it was it believable? Do you feel it was a bit too stagey as we've seen in previous episodes? Yeah, maybe a little bit, but I mean, I just what I did like is I think the last fight where they're just both exhausted. And it's it's really interesting because I don't know where I saw it, but years ago I saw saying I think it must have been a soldier talking about it that actually all this stuff you see, you know, to actually fight for like five minutes is incredibly difficult, you know, <laughs> and it's exhausting. And they were literally exhausted, you know, just what you know, they got to that point where they thought I just can't be bothered with this. You know, that was what it was. It wasn't like some sort of you know epiphany or anything. It was just like oh god, I've had enough of this. I'm knackered. I'm. Can you imagine like? lifting all that stuff up the hill and you've got mm -hmm. all these bruises and stuff and you oh god i mean you just think what did i do that for you know so i thought that was quite nice i quite liked that in it mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean they were a bit they were certainly a bit tosy they were like you know it was almost the gorn versus yeah <laughs> Yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 It's like arena as well. So it's yeah. Darmok and arena put together. Yeah. It makes Dawn. That's what it is. Um, yeah. It was, I, I was kind of hoping for a, a double kick to the chest and like, it would, it would be a consequence that actually he worked it out from trip that actually, you know, trip is Kirk's hero. It's not actually Archer. It's the other way around. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fun. It, it was sort of believable in the way it was staged. I didn't feel like, you know, they were waiting to hit no, each other no. and then they punch. They were properly going for yeah. it. It was almost, I mean, this is a big British reference. I apologize for everybody. You remember the fast show? Yes. 
the the sketch show over here yeah. in the UK. Uh, do you remember there was an episode where it was called The Fight and it was a trailer for a fight movie of two guys on a dock and they're fighting each other at the beginning and they land some really good punches and then it just cuts away and it does a couple more sketches and it comes back and they're still fighting but they're yeah. getting tireder yeah. and more tired and more tired and the punches are getting looser and then it cuts away, does some more and more sketches and then they come back again and they're like, they're on the floor and they're just every now and then they, they slap over to the other guy and they're so tired. And at the very end of the episode, neither of them are fighting. They're just yeah. laying on the dock and there's nothing. <laughs> it just, I kind of felt like that should have been this yeah. episode, that they, they're just laying down in the heat and they just can't hit each other anymore. And it's just a slapsy fight after that. It's, <laughs> uh, uh, just go away. Um, it's a, bit, a lot like trying to wake my son this morning in the cold. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a lot of points where Trip is shouting to make himself understood yes and that also made me think another british reference yes, of Brit, brits abroad yeah. brits abroad <laughs> trying to get yourself known um I, I know i've i think i've done it at least once where i've, I've spoken loudly i haven't quite shouted in someone's face but i know i've spoken loudly and it's just an innate thing that we seem to do as brits uh, any ideas anything that you've had before like that <laughs> yes i mean you're absolutely right it's a very british thing isn't it yeah that sort of <laughs> One, can I have a, a plate of chips, please? You know, <laughs> you know. or, or bastardizing like a Spanish word yes. as well. You're saying it loudly, but you want to be heard. Yeah. So you're like, dos tosa, yeah. por favor. <laughs> oh, God, just shut up. Just yeah. stop talking. Stop, stop being horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's chorizo, not chorizo. Yeah. Ah! Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, this yeah, there was lots of times where I, I was like, oh, facepalming myself. Yep. This is probably a self hatred. So it's not uh, trip okay. hatred, self hatred. Maybe, maybe that's what this episode yeah. has done. It's turning it back on me on my assumptions about myself. That's what it is. This whole time, trip hatred has just been a hatred of myself. That's what it is. Um, right, we go back up to Archer's ready room, and we finally find out there is a bad blood between the Arconians, and we do get this idea that um, they were mistrustful that. They sort of met them in the exact same way the humans did. They did a warp flight, but this time they didn't accept any help from the Vulcans and they didn't uh, really trust them. Um, and I was wondering if this was sort of a callback to Fallen Hero. You know, when um, uh, uh, Valar sort of mentions we've held many things from them, I was wondering if, if they're talking about all the species that they've met over oh, the yeah. past... 200 years uh, and that actually it didn't go very well and humanity was the only one that has sort of shown promise and the reason they've kept it from them is that they don't want humanity yeah, going right. down that route um, and i was wondering if that was possibly a thing there yeah possibly yeah i mean it does suggest that the vulcans are going around sort of policing the galaxy doesn't it mm, mm. Yeah, but, sort of... but they're not getting it right no. they keep on making more more enemies than they think yeah, they should absolutely um but uh, Archer is already believing in himself that he can make it right. And I, I yeah. did like the diplomatic Archer came out yep. this week. Yep. That although he was quite, uh, you know, curt with, uh, with the captain, he was quite um, yes. uh, withholding of his anger that we've seen in several other episodes before now. Um, he was more than willing to work with them, but happy to leave once we've got our man and find out what's going on. We can work together. We've got a common shared yep. goal. Um, and I, I quite liked it. I thought, you know, Archer yeah. shows that he can be a diplomat. Um, yeah, I agree. But we haven't really had much more of that in the no. past. So it was this is like the first time it's come in. Um, 
trip fixing the transceiver. Uh, we then learn that the Arconian is called Zorkan or Zorkan. Um, he drinks this black brown liquid and it's not water. Um, that it felt really yes. weird. That is this some sort of nutrient paste, yeah, rather really than odd, water? Yeah, yeah, because you'd think a lizard would need water just yeah. standard h2o so what is this life form like are they carbon based are they the same as us are they somehow different because you'd, you'd kind of assume that water would have been a basic thing yeah. for both of them yeah and a bridge um just anything yeah. uh, any thoughts on where they might have been going with that were they just trying to make another impediment in the story yeah i think so yeah i think yeah i think it's just like again they're alien hmm. you know it's a different thing it's um and I guess it would be very, be very disappointing, wouldn't it? Be very sort of st- stressful, I suppose. You know, if you sort of suddenly, you know, you thought, oh, great, some water, and you couldn't drink it, and you're thinking, what am I going to drink? You know, I'm stuck mm. with this guy, and I can't drink drink anything, and it's getting hotter, and you know, it's a bit of a nightmare, isn't it? Mm. Mm. And uh, just, I like the idea that obviously he does mime. I'm obviously I'm miming to Dan right now. You can't see this, but doing drinks yeah. of water. You're like, what again? What if that had been like a, yes. a display of like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to open your mouth and I'm going to rip out your tongue. You know, what if that was like yeah. in their culture, a, a war cry? Um, I just I like the idea that, you know, going for a pint is also, you know, something, something dangerous Universal, somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I did like the line. Uh, it's like talking to Porthos. Yes. Like, they are so different it's like they're completely different animals uh, and i thought that was a, that was a nice little line it's a bit silly and maybe i would have had that as a traitor in the past as like his intolerance but i i felt like it was it was a good sign that he is acknowledging this situation is really tough yes. and he just has no idea how he's going to deal with it um uh, back on the bridge we do get to Bowles view screen but we now get the ticking clock as it were yes. you know the, the the heat is going to rise it's oh it's below 10 degrees it's feels pretty much like this morning to be honest um uh, and that's like that doesn't seem so bad you know as we found out trip hates the heat so he doesn't really like it um but unfortunately it's going to get very extreme on the other end and go up to 170 degrees um and trip you know this is now the third hot planet he has been stuck on in two years i mean this this poor guy he makes it you know he makes it clear he hates hot planets but for some reason he's back down there again um but yeah we now it, we have to kind of race ahead now with the episode really as we go in it's already been up to this point 30 minutes into the episode and not much has actually happened again we keep saying this about enterprise not a lot has happened there's but it's weird because i enjoy this episode yes. but we've had other episodes where even less has happened or even more has happened but we can't stand it and i'm just wondering how does that work like can you put it like do you can you put a finger on what why we sort of like some episodes but not but seem to have the exact same description for it um in a short answer no <clears throat> but in the long answer which i'm thinking of rapidly as i speak um <laughs> i do put you on the spot a lot i do apologize i, don't know, I suppose <laughs> just the writing is better you know the <clears throat> the setup the the way it sort of happens and what's going on and the interpersonal thing in a way, you know, it's a very, although, you know, there's, there's, there's no, almost no ability to communicate. It's all about interpersonal. It's about building this sort of relationship effectively between these two guys Mm. that are sort of stuck in a similar, the same situation and, but almost don't 
well, certainly on the Arconian side, don't want to sort of acknowledge it almost or, or doesn't care that the other guy is in trouble. Mm. You know, I think Trip does. I think Trip sort of thinks, right, we'll we get this sorted out. But, um, yeah, um, I don't know. I suppose, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, just better writing, I guess. I don't, I, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's... yeah. It was a, it was just a thought as I was walking through the episode. Like, you know, it is just back and forth. They want the transceiver. They get the transceiver to work. They realise they've now in the ne- in this next scene they've got to take it higher higher ground. Um, he goes nocto and like this is bad bad idea. It's not going to work. Uh, the transceiver's not going to work. Um, he you know he hisses his laugh yes. at, at, at Trip, but we get all these little nice little nuggets of mm. a little bit of culture from this alien. Yeah. Trip, trip trying to overcome his prejudices and his yep. assumptions about this alien um we have like a rescue thing going on with archer back on the planet uh back on the, uh, the enterprise uh trying to find the planet and the moons i don't know it just seems to work yeah. even though it really isn't a very in-depth or or uh something that can be mined for a lot no. it's it's just fun episode and it's just really weird how a, a simple change like uh, you know, uh, little allusions to a culture yeah. can really make or break an episode. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, little allusions, and we get um, uh, another fight, another fight, yes. and another fight, um, and we get uh, the spit. Yes. The analgesic spit. Now, yes. earlier, he spits onto Tripp's arm. No idea what it's going to do to his physiology. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, yeah. luckily, it actually works. Um, but that was a big assumption on Zorkan's part. It certainly was. And, but now he's using it in an attack format. Yes. Should Trip have been blinded? The way that that sealed up his flesh yeah. in, when he was wounded earlier, and that's an open eye. Yeah. I, surely, I mean, there should have been a scene at the end of the episode, shouldn't there, where like Trip has to have his eye reopened by flocks, or you know, there's some talk about you could have been blinded. It was a very close call. Like I feel like there should have been more damage there. Well, the only thing I can think of, I thought about this. The only thing I can think of is that you know you can spit different types of things. Ah, interesting. So that was his healing spit, and this mm. was his sort of attack spit. Interesting. I like that. So it's just a little bit of an irritant. So it's mm. not, you know, it's like extreme hay fever spit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I like that. Yeah, I'll, I can go for that. So one sack for good, one sack yeah, for exactly. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Um, I just, yeah, I just had visions of his his eyelids like being shut up, but it's like. <laughs> Oh my god! Is he going to be blinded for the rest of the episode? Um, uh, Hoshi finally detects the signal. Uh, they find the actual um, um, uh, transceiver, yep. and now I feel like this is where the episode actually gets even more interesting mm. because now we've got a medical reason why we can't yep. actually rescue them, and we can't use the transporter. And I thought this was really interesting—a uh, species that can't necessarily be transported because of their aversion to a sudden change in temperature. Yep. You know, Zorkan is de- dehydrated. His cells are breaking down. Um, he he can't sweat. So um, there's already a problem there. But Flux, at the very last minute, says, "I wouldn't do that." Yeah. He is he is going to be in danger of dying as soon as we engage the transporter. Um, I I kind of feel like I wanted more of this medical drama. Mm, mm. Uh, like maybe have the Arconian captain come on board, and then they find out about um, you know his change in temperature, and he sort of reacts a little bit. 
and Flocks then finds out. And then this leads into that conversation. I kind of feel like where we didn't get much in the first 30 minutes. Yes, yes. Maybe a little bit more should have been Mm. done to maybe front load this problem. Um, And we talk about, you know, wanting to do the right thing, wanting to help people, Mm. but we are actually held back by the realities of the world. I feel like that should have been maybe a conversation they were having. Um, Any thoughts on, on making more of this of the episode or would you feel like that should have actually not been in this episode and it should have just been a straightforward rescue and uh, kind of like a working out resolution of two differences between two people? No, I quite like there being an issue. <clears throat> I agree with you that they maybe could have made more of that because actually all that happens is they just send the, the shuttle down, a, a, you know, 10 minutes later. Mm. Um, so they could have made more of that. But again, yeah, I think, you know, the thing is that this episode is about Trip and the Arconian. It's about those two, and and I think there was enough around it to sort of to to what's the word to keep the the story moving, mm-hmm. but it didn't need any more than that. It was it was about these two characters, which is I mm-hmm. think maybe is what what makes it a good episode is that in some ways it's 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 going back to that traditional sort of well not just well TNG thing of you know it's a trip episode it's a Mm. I don't think we have many of those really in Enterprise where it sort of really is a Mm. particular character in that way. And this is certainly, Mm. you know, this is a trip episode. Mm. So the other stuff doesn't need to be too detailed, too too much going on because it takes away from that core story. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It was just interesting that I felt like... um, they, they wanted to go in that direction why they didn't do more a little bit earlier i, yeah. I just felt like you know there should have been something else but no i, I completely agree like you know the, if you're going to give him a story you might as well just focus on him so yeah, yeah i'm torn between the two i don't really know i'm on the, either the cold or the hot and i don't quite know on this on this weird planet um yeah so uh trip it's starting to lay down, you know, he's saying that I'm not going to get transported. I'm not going to leave this guy. I've, yeah. I've saved his life so far. I want to be here with him uh, the whole time. Uh, and he feels like he's going to get bumped down to ship steward. Yes. And it's like, Oi, what's wrong with the ship yeah, steward? Absolutely. Yeah. That was almost a traitor there. Almost ah, a traitor okay. that he's been a little bit judgmental, but I'll forgive him. I'll forgive him because in the next scene, he then has this, this moment of awareness that yes. I mentioned earlier that he talks about, you know, he spent a night with a princess. He was on a yeah. Sulaban ship. He, you know, he was pregnant once. And yeah. I felt like that move towards an aware trip was really interesting. And I mm. really hope that it, it kind of carries through for the rest of the season. I think I'm going to be bitterly disappointed, yes. but, um, uh, possibly even in the next episode, but um, yeah, it just felt like it was a nice empathetic mm. side to trip that we haven't actually got to see very much of yet. Yeah. Um, just any thoughts on that final sort of moment between the two of them? Uh, yeah. Again, I think you're right. It's it's a nice scene and that sort of yeah. It, it's you know it's like he's made this link with this guy. You know, it was a difficult situation. You know, there was plenty of fisticuffs and. You know, but they eventually they got to this point where where actually he said, "No, I'm not going to leave him behind," mm. and that was um, yeah, I, I like that a lot, and I like the the sort of, as you say the self awareness of what he's a, achieved, I suppose, or what's happened to him. You know, how amazing mm. it is. You know, when you think you know, it would be amazing, especially you know he's he's just you know the first starship, all that sort of stuff, and you know that these seeing these amazing things, and he thinks, "Well, I'm going to die here." Mm. but he thinks well actually you know it's probably worth it 
in a way <laughs> to, have, yeah. to have gone through what I've gone through and, and seen what I've seen. And, you know, so yeah, I think it, very believable again, very sort of, you know, this is, I think this is how you'd feel at that moment. Mm. And, you know, it doesn't feel undercut by the rescue as well. It doesn't feel like, you know, um, they, they kind of rushed it at the end in this episode that, that he's had this epiphany moment, but he was still there. It wasn't that, you know, they just got rescued straight away and then he sort of reflected on it. He actually had that time to think about it and then they rescued a little yeah. bit later. You know, um, it was nice to, for him to just have that moment of, of self-reflection. Um, and then it's the final scene. Yes. Um, there's the, there's the rescue. The captain admits that he regrets the actions of this officer. He will be disciplined. But actually, Archer says it was just a misunderstanding. Yeah. But it went absolutely fine. And to Paul, uh, it's not quite Vulcan explaining, <laughs> but but a little bit condescending. I didn't think you were going to do it, yeah. but you've achieved more in a day than we did in a hundred years. See, um, I didn't a nice see that as moment. condescending. Actually, I saw really. That, yeah, no, I saw that as begrudging, um, <laughs> sort of congratulations she's like oh, all right i'll give you this one yeah exactly yeah that's how i, I read it yeah oh uh, yeah i suppose yeah i suppose yeah it would be um yeah i just figured like after a year and a half of bad hr and uh workplace bullying i figured that was just another way of her digging back but no okay uh yeah i'll begrudgingly bequeath you this one yeah. um and then we got the sick bay and uh we get tied up yes and he thinks that it's still broken, but then yep. we find out that the UT is working and that they're grateful that he didn't destroy the ship. And it's a nice little resolve yeah. to the episode. They they finally got to see eye to eye. I like that as well, because the way he said it, the Arconian sort of said, he didn't say thank you as such, but he did, but without, you know, so he kept in that sort of, that thing we've found out about the Arconians, a bit aggressive, a bit sort of, you know, he wouldn't bring himself to say, thanks for saving me, man. But, <laughs> yeah, you promised me food. Come yeah, on. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, that I'm glad I didn't kill you. <laughs> it's sort of as near to as a thank you as he could get, you know, as he could bring himself to, to do. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was very fitting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, again, it gives you another chance to really look at that makeup. And it was really impressive mm. that how detailed it was. It sort of blended into the skin of the the actor yep. really well like you i really couldn't see the seams and, no. and i was trying to look because you know there's always times when those really big headpieces yeah. that you can see the little yeah. neckline and stuff like that but this felt like he was a completely alien yeah. creature um and at no point did i feel like i was watching an actor sometimes no, I agree. It was absolutely really fun um and that's it, it yeah. it's a very quick very quick episode yeah. but enjoyable yes very good a very good episode yeah. i have to say yeah. yeah. Um, any any other thoughts? Uh, any other scenes that we might have missed? No, not really. I think we covered it pretty well. It's um, yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, a good episode. Yeah. Um, so we've located the episode. We know it's still in twenty one fifty two, but because of those damn supplemental logs, we still don't have a date. Um, but uh, we move on for the new time listeners to see in our L cars rating system. There's no timey wimeness, so we're not doing continuity or, or how it fits into the timeline, but consequences. Your analogy is very colourful, Captain, but I question whether it addresses the consequences. Consequences, 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 consequences. The concept of learning from one's mistakes shouldn't be difficult for a Vulcan of your wisdom to understand, Ambassador. I don't wish to contradict Captain Archer. 
but learning from one's mistakes is hardly exclusive to humans. Is there something that comes out of this episode that could change how Starfleet, the Federation and the future of Star Trek goes on? I think there is actually, or I think there should mm. be. I think that, you know, survival, survival kit. I mean, there was a bit of stuff in the, in the, um, in the shuttle, but I think they would maybe, this would lead to having sort of, you know, water and, and supplies and mm. all that stuff available all the time in, in the shuttles. So I think mm. that would come out of that. Mm. And, you know, from a hazy brain of all the episodes of Star Trek to come, there's going to be a lot of shuttle crashes. There so is. I feel like they do need to pack these yeah. things in. They really do need to do that. Um, yeah, more supplies. I feel like the human uh, survival kits are woefully underprepared yes. prepared compared to the Arconian ones. Yeah. Like he, he had laser grids, trip yeah. wires. Yeah. I mean, he was set up with like little like things all the way around yeah. the outside that were protecting him. Um, I, maybe he just had a better crash and yes. know, trip just had less to work with. I don't know, but um, yeah, it feels like they could learn a lot from the Arconians yeah. about how to how to survive. Um, although they can sweat, so he had one big natural <laughs> advantage over the other guy. Yeah, he just had to wait him out. That's all it was. <laughs> um, uh, fighting techniques. I actually feel like there should be a consequence that, that maybe trained uh, fighting techniques uh, take out your opponent a bit quicker so you're not completely exhausted. Yes. Um, if you are with an Arconian, learn to use the bad sack, not the yes. good sack, um, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it is the first instance of Archer really showing a diplomacy mm. skill. Yeah. Um, I know he's apologized to the Kratashans before, but that was something of his own making. Yes. But this was him coming into a species very first time, and he was already speaking to them in a very, um, very uh, polite but a, you know firm way, yep. and he seemed to get the right reaction out of the Arconians. So I feel like it's the start of diplomatic archer, I guess, in this episode. Yeah, I think you're right. I think um, he's learning, isn't he? He's, he's come across mm. other species and he's had some situations where he's not quite done it well. But this is a, a definite success. Mm. I don't think we ever see the Arconians again. It's a shame. So I don't know whether, whether that's led on to anything, but um, certainly it was a good start. Mm. Mm. You know. Even even says in the episode, I don't feel we've got, um, you know, made a new friend here. Yeah. But T'Pol seems to think, he has, you know, he did more in a day than than they did in a hundred years. Um, so it, it it lends credence as to the the future of this character and where he's going, yeah. and what he will eventually become in sort of the lore of Star yes. Trek, um, uh, as to why he is this this big figure and the person who is still celebrated hundreds of years later. Um, yeah, okay, so that was consequences, uh, alterations, or expansions. Now we covered a little bit of this earlier, yep. but. Is there anything you would want to come back to? Is would you like to see more Arconians perhaps in the future? Yeah, I think definitely. I think that's you know that's a a fact in a lot of Star Trek. In fact, you know, it's particularly the stuff before the the new Trek, where mm. you know it's one-off show, shows, it's one-off characters. So I think that's that's quite a consistent thing. You know, it'd be nice to see, you know, them bump into the Arconians again, and maybe you know just be a little bit easier or you know, whatever it might be, you know. Um, mm. But as far as alterations to the, the episode go, no, I don't think I would alter it. I'd leave it. Mm. I think it's a pretty good episode. There's always yeah. little nitpicks and things, but I, you know, I can't think of anything major. There's nothing that made me think, oh God, I wish we could, you know, they'd done that or I wish they'd done this. I thought it worked yeah. really well. 
Yeah. Mm. And maybe that's the tipping point. Maybe it's because, as we mentioned earlier, there are episodes where not very much happens, but it, it really doesn't work. Mm. And in this one, not very much happens, but there's just enough nuance to it and yep. an interesting sort of takes on the story yep. that if we, you know, we could just leave it. We could, we don't really feel like we need to change it too much yeah. for me. Yeah. I would have wanted more of the medical drama. How are we going to save his life? Yeah. Uh, and then maybe that's how Archer proves himself to the Arconians that mm. they're spending so much time trying to figure out how they're going to rescue this guy because of the heat and the difference yeah. that it proves to the Arconians how mm. sincere they are in what they want to do. Yeah. Um, but that would just be, you know, one scene, you know, yeah. it, it really isn't a massive difference to the episode overall. Um no. But there you go. Right. After A, uh, again, first time listeners, it's R. Now, there's actually two R's in our LCAR system. So it's not like the LCAR system on TNG. Uh, there is recommends. So recommending to Star Trek fans as a good episode of Star Trek and recommending to new Star Trek fans. And we often joke about the brainwashing kit. Is it a good introduction to Star Trek uh, for a first time newbie coming into the Trek? Or as we've sort of been going over the episodes is it one of those episodes you watch a little bit later in the viewing uh, and maybe you, you just kind of reinforce your trek love that way um trek fans good trek bad trek good trek definite recommendation yeah definite it's come it's coming out the good sack then yes, it's been it spray, yeah, it's sprayed sprayed at you sack, yeah <laughs> yeah that's how we'll do it from now on it's yeah. the arconian good or bad acid sack of, <laughs> of star trek um yeah i like I say, it, it's turned me around on trip. Mm. So I, I'm a Star Trek fan and I hated this character before. He did things to infuriate me so many times, but this one really enjoyed it. Yeah. It was absolutely fun. Um, I did not think I would get to a point where 50 minutes of trip was a good thing. Um, so yeah. Uh, and to non Star Trek fans. Yes. I'm going to say yes, which is very rare. I think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think why not? You know, I don't know if it would, it would be the one that would work necessarily or it would work for everyone. But I think it's a pretty good episode of, of sci-fi, you know, mm. it's a good sci-fi episode and, and, you know, that's a good way of introducing Star Trek. It's yeah. So I would say yes, which I think might be the first time possibly, or one of the yeah. only times. I feel like I need to go back through all of our episodes mm. now and like log where you where you've come in and see how many you've done do a double recommend for yeah um not many and maybe we'll come back to that yeah exactly not many so yes now, yeah do you feel like it's it is like a first timers or it should be one that comes in about 10 episodes in no i think it could be a first timers you don't really need nice. to know a lot about the characters mm. as such you know it's a starship you know you know you don't need to know because there's not much going on beyond the planet so it's not mm. like you need to know about T'Pol and, you know, you might miss the nuances of the Vulcans and stuff, but you don't need to know that. You don't mm. need to know about Archer, really. He's a captain. He's the captain of the ship, you know. Mm. And then you've got these two characters that, again, you don't really need to know anything about because it's an interplay between the two. And it's so, yeah, I think it's a, it's a it could, yeah, potential first timer. Yeah. Mm nice yeah i i was thinking for a first time is it setting unrealistic expectations <laughs> um, well, yeah, for season yeah. for season two uh well, thinking yeah. that there's more more good in season two than yeah. there is um and you know I, i've only just started liking trip you know there's a lot to not like about trip yes. sometimes at least for me and if you're like me then maybe you might not like trip uh, and of course archer as well like 
this is the first real diplomatic archer we've seen mm. um every other time he's had to be diplomatic he's either apologizing some, for something he's done or because he got in his own way and he was a bit too aggressive in the first place yeah. um so yeah i i enjoyed it you know flocks has something to do Hoshi had something to do travis still doesn't have anything to do um in fact the whole conceit of this episode is because they were trying to get yes. rid of travis <laughs> Um, so again, that, I suppose that is a good indication of what Enterprise does. Um, so yeah, I am recommending, but I think it should come a little bit later, just so you've got a bit more grounding in some of the other characters. Okay. And so you just know a little bit more. Um, because again, Reed doesn't really get to blow anything up. No. And I feel like Reed should blow something up to make it a really good episode. Uh, but there we go. Um, right. That is it. Uh, wow. Our last uh, criteria is the setup for um, the next week and also selling podcasts. So, uh, Dan, where can uh, our listeners find you? Um, Academic Trek 47 on Twitter. There I am. Um, there might be another Academic Trek podcast at some point. Um, I am literally the worst person in the world at making podcasts. <laughs> um, you make this one. You make, make this one so yeah. much better. Oh, Trust me. Yeah. You, Listeners, you do not want to listen to any solo show that I've ever put out there. So you need to have Dan on this show. That's not true. Just to make it better. Just to make it better. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's true. It's true, guys. It's okay. He's, he's just being nice. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, that's but, uh, where I am. And so, um, yeah, I will. I keep meaning to make Academic Trek podcasts and I will do it at some point. I look forward to it. Honestly, yes. do I really do look like the uh, the academic trek because it is just so nice to hear other people doing what I used to do with my philosophy essays, using Star Trek as an example and getting marked down for it every single time. And I feel like that's vindication. Yes. Um, to my ass. Um, right. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, yeah, so we're here on the Temple Trek and we do have our sister show, The Nexus Nights, which at the moment is feeling like a Picard review podcast in, in full. Um, but eventually once new shows come out and there are some other subjects that we might be coming back to and do some odd episodes in there as well. Um, there was one I wanted to do that was based on an idea you had oh, yeah. about ep episodes that could be a two-parter. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. Feel, I feel like we should do an episode where we're looking back on all of Enterprise so far and pick out or cherry pick some episodes that could have been a two-parter and been an interesting show. Yeah. I was wondering if this might have been one of them, mm. actually, because, you know, you could have had a really long Eva Ganti rescue yeah. two-parter and then had that medical drama in the middle yeah. uh, where, they're, where they're talking about everything as well. But yeah. whether that would have been too padded and then it wouldn't have worked, yeah. I don't yeah. know. That's it, yeah. yeah. There you go. But, uh, yeah, so uh, join us next time for yep. uh, Season 3, Episode 40 of the podcast, Season 2, Episode 14 of Enterprise, as we go to Stigma, uh, where we learn a few things about T'Pol and we learn a few things about Flox's wife as well. So yes. there we go. Um, <laughs> join us next time. Uh, as always, thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next time stream. Yep, thank you. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please remember to like, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to it. If you would like to be a guest in the future or give feedback, you can contact me by either searching for the Temple Trek Podcast Facebook page or find me on Twitter at Rider underscore Coattail. Also search the Temple Trek Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at Daniel underscore Hitch underscore Writer. Scripted elements of the show are a work of pure fan fiction and any views and opinions expressed in the episode discussions are my own or that of the guest. They do not reflect the rights holders of Star Trek. Any Star Trek sound effects or music are used under the terms of fair use and are not my own work. The intro music, Birthright by Audio Binger, 
is royalty-free from the Free Music Archive. Check out their work and others at freemusicarchive.com. The Temple Trek is a free podcast with no Patreon or sponsorship. However, if you would like to support the show, you can find my books by searching Daniel Peter Hitch on Amazon. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next time stream. Done. Excellent. All good. That's, an, that's another nice short one. Look at that. Very yeah. cool. It's funny that because, yeah. But again, it's it's an episode where not anything really happens, but there's a lot to sort of mine it yeah. for. Um, but yeah, if you're going scene by scene, mm. yeah, it's just a back and forth of them fighting over a transceiver for 30 <laughs> yeah. minutes. Yeah. Um, but it works. It really works. It's it really strange. Yeah. Um, I've already gone ahead and watched uh, Stigma. In, yes, in, so have I. Actually, uh, fair enough. Yeah. Last night, yeah, last night. And again, I kind of enjoy it, but it feels really strange how they've got this super serious storyline, and then this brilliant. I, I, I really, I was laughing when they did all the the little scenes with Flox's wife, <laughs> um, and I know why they've done it to balance out, you know, the tragic and the comedic and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, it's really weird. I don't know how I feel about the episode yet. It doesn't. It hasn't quite got in the brain no uh, yeah. I, there's, there's there's a lot about to pull story that i yes. like and, and i feel like there's a lot to talk about yeah but it, i kind of feel like it might be underserved by the trip comedy yeah. like they need a light-hearted element but did they need to go a complete swing to the other side indeed it feels it feels like it's making too much light of everything yes and yeah i don't know really yeah, strange i don't know I, where I don't i'm know gonna what fall I think either Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I've watched it. I'm going to watch it again. But mm. yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the the flock stuff. If I'm honest, mm. particularly, I can sort of see where it's coming from. But yeah, it's a bit creepy. Uh, like I think it's almost like it's almost like um, fusion, but with a woman instead of a man. Yeah, and I wonder yeah. whether that. Is what lets it get away with it, if you know what I mean. It's you know, if that was a bloke on Hoshi, mm-hmm. yeah, it would be we really would be you know, up in arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, yeah. But then, but then also, she's from a culture of open sexuality, and I don't know if that is that just a cultural misunderstanding, and yeah. you know, we we're not part of that culture, so or we don't have that same ideology, yeah. so. Are we seeing things that aren't there? And it, oh, just yeah, it confuses me. There are yeah. scenes that make me laugh, but yeah. it does confuse me quite a few times. Uh, but there we go. And we've got three weeks to, to mull over it because um, uh, next week uh, uh, it's the uh, Easter half term. Yep. And then I'll be out for three Mondays. Um, yep. If if you're free, maybe later in that week when the kids go back, maybe we can arrange something and do okay. something then. Cool. Uh, that might just be a Nexus nights though, so I don't yeah. know. Yet. Let us know when they're back, and then if I'm free, we can talk something out. We'll do it that way. Excellent. Right. Right, Um, Have a good week.